0: Broadcasting worldwide.
1: Refreshing takes on legal strategies.
0: Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions.
1: Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen.
0: Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com.
1: Now, here's Mark and Matt.
2: All right, folks, here we are, Mark and Matt, on the Refresh Your Wealth show. It's going to be an awesome day today on today's show. We're excited to be here with you. The show, as you may know, is about navigating the law, helping you save on taxes, and building wealth. There's lots of ways you can listen to the show. You can listen to us via the BizTalk Radio app, biztalkradio.com. We're also on numerous stations on AM Radio Nationwide, and you can find us on iTunes, there's so many ways to listen, Mark, Woo. that, uh, you know, we're just trying to get out there. We want you guys to have many ways to consume this refreshing, um, these refreshing nuggets of information, and today is going to be no other.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome show today. So the show topic, Brace Yourselves, It's part of our Halloween theme series this month of October. It is Horror Stories from the Courtroom, How to Avoid a Lawsuit, and so uh, we played off scary, we played off. Nightmare, and now we're talking horror. So, you know, we're trying to keep it real. We want everybody to enjoy their Halloween festivities. And more importantly, not only do we have a great topic today, it is October 15th, folks. Woo! This is like the most exciting day of the year. I mean, this is huge. I, all week I've been stressing about my own tax return. I'm so glad this is over. Oh, man, this is like a holiday for accountants. You know, I, here in our parking lot, there's several accountants that have just escaped from the building. I saw some guy running down the street naked, just like literally, Matt, just like 20 minutes ago. I think he, I, he yeah. was an accountant. He just lost it. <laughs> However you need to cut loose,
2: you know, whatever yeah. it takes. <laughs>
0: yeah, it wasn't pretty. I'll tell you that because, I mean, it's not like we're shooting MTV videos over here. These, <laughs> these are guys you do not want to see. For nine months, he's been... You know, in a chair behind the computer screen. So he's kind of this pasty white streak that's, you know, okay, right down the street. Okay, all there. right. Yeah, yeah. Thank but we're just kind of this excited. this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to paint too vivid of a picture. Yeah. No, this is nuts. So April. So anyway, April fifteenth is kind of not a big deal for us accountants, but it's October fifteenth. So I want to just say hooray, congratulate all of you out there that got your tax return in. Ah, it's time for a break for just a few months. Then we're back the some south. of some of you people
2: who are like, you know, you guys are on the ball and you, you know, file your tax return on April 15th. You may not know why Mark thinks October 15th is such a big deal <laughs> that that's the deadline of all the people that said, oh, I don't have my crap together yet. I want to. Can you give me uh, six more months to file? <laughs> and yeah. then I promise you, IRS, I will file. That's what he's talking about. It's the extension deadline, October 15th. Um, I'm, I'm admittedly in that boat too. I don't want to, you know, get on a high horse here, but, uh, yeah, October 15th, if you didn't know, that's the, uh, that's the, the, I, I call it the drop dead date, that extension deadline, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah.
0: it, it's, it's fourth down in inches. You gotta, you gotta perform. See back on April 15th, you can punt, you say, I'll punt, but now, right. now we're this, these are four down uh, series. Now you got to go for it no matter what you got to have it done by October 15th. Now, by the way, I'm just going to point this out. This is not our tax or legal tip today, but folks, you do reduce, you do reduce your chances of an audit, uh, by extending. A lot of people think, Oh, I got to get my tax return, uh, in by January 30th, or I'm going to freak out and I got to get my refund. Hey, you're getting in line first for any audit you want. You know, the IRS is just waiting for you to show up by now. The IRS has already assigned all their audits. They're gearing up for next year. And then my tax return just seems to slide under the door. That's what I'm shooting. So, so <laughs> yeah. no, statistics show. So, you know, I, you know, extending is not a bad deal. Well, anyway, we're excited about today's show. It's going to be good stuff. And we're going to celebrate yeah. October 15th.
2: Same time. Yeah, I mean,
0: woohoo. Uh, hey, I like this topic, though.
2: And uh, I was kind of thinking it was we talked about the show topic, what am I going to be for Halloween this year? And I was thinking about the good old lawsuit costume. Have you seen that one?
0: You know, where you just like
2: for Halloween, you just you wear a lawsuit. Oh, get it? You just wear a (laughs) suit, and then you, you yeah, kind of put like a piece. Uh, It's the movie Philadelphia. Denzel Washington's the attorney, and he walks in to a a, like a costume party, and he's in a suit, and he just wrote like on a piece of paper lawsuit on his, like he kind of taped it to his suit. It's pretty good. It's a good one. Yeah, it it creative. Do you have a better? Do you have a better costume that Uh, applies to the topic,
0: Mark? Yeah, I know. I'm giving Matt this weird look. Like I won that. I won that one. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't have anything Sorry. really yet. So I I may use that. Yeah, that's kind of my you know, down and dirty, simple, cheap and easy. So I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. There huh? you go.
2: Well, let's uh, let's let's jump forward, and I'd like I I'm gonna do the honors of a tax tip today. Are you gonna let me give Ooh. a tax
0: tip, Mark? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Matt Sorensen's gonna throw down a tax tip. Folks, buckle up. It's gonna be good. A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep.
1: A tax tip that could save you thousands.
2: All right. Well, let me try and refresh your wealth with a tax tip today. Now, this actually relates to the October 15th deadline we were just talking about because I know there's so many people in that situation right now who um, are filing on October 15th and owe money to the IRS. So I want to just give a couple quick tips if you're in that category. We've talked about this before, but it's really pertinent right now. And the first thing I want to say is if you don't have all the money to pay taxes owed, you can get an installment agreement with the IRS online automatically if you owe $50,000 or less. So that's an option you can say, hey, I... You know, I owe fifty thousand or less. I'm just gonna go online to the to the IRS's website. This is actually one of the things you can can actually do on their website. That you know, the rest of the website's a joke. But this is one thing that's actually pretty straightforward and easy to do on their website. And it sets you up for a payment. There's a fee, I think, of maybe fifty bucks, and approximately, and you're good to go. You got, you know, you schedule out the payments, and you can get the tax paid off without having to get the nasty letters from the IRS that are inevitably inevitably going to come. If you don't take actions like that to uh, try and let the IRS, you're going to send in some payments. So just keep in mind the installment agreement, good option. There's lots of other things you can do if you know, you to like uh, offering compromise and things to fight taxes or if you're in a poverty situation or inability to pay. But installment agreement is one of the most common ways to resolve
0: unpaid tax. Matt, great tip. And I do want to add this, folks, to that, just to echo Matt's uh, strategy there, is uh people you may not know this but the penalties for not filing are way worse than not being able to pay and so what happens is people get freaked out they're like i don't have enough money to pay so they just don't file hey at least file you'll get a nasty letter in maybe the next six to eight weeks then go on and do your installment agreement so it's not like you have to do this tomorrow either but no matter what if you're listening today and it's 7 p.m uh, nationwide here. So anybody that's listening today and you're still debating. Am I gonna file today? I can't pay Get to the post office by midnight file your return and then worry about paying later and it could save you thousands of dollars So Matt great tip. I gotta I gotta say I'm impressed oh. o- October 15th threw down. A yeah. tax tip. I know you know, hey
2: I I'm not great at everything, but I can throw down a tax tip every once in a while. <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, then this that puts the pressure on me for a legal tip. I'm going to have to put my legal hat on. So let's throw down on a legal tip. A legal tip that you can actually use.
1: A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after.
0: Mm, wow. That, that sounded good. Okay. Well, this is going to be a phenomenal legal tip. Now this is deep. This is deep. So I want to have everybody out there buckle up. If you're driving down the road, you should be buckled up anyway, but, uh, listen, listen carefully. Now we all know LLCs are great for protecting a rental. For example, I got a rental property and I want to protect it. So I put it in an LLC. Oh, now did I just say that right? i tricked you, didn't I? We don't put the rental into the LLC to protect the rental We put the rental in the LLC to protect us from the tenants in the rental. Did you hear that folks? Now this is critical. See LLC's primarily were designed initially the limited liability company back in 1972 in Wyoming was the first state. They were an asset protection vehicle that is proven tried and true to protect the owners of the property from any liability that could happen on the rental property. That's the purpose of the LLC. Now, some States. Approximately 13 states have now adopted this charging order protection where LLCs will also protect the property from you. So if you're driving down the road, texting and driving, heaven forbid, and kill someone and they come after you in a lawsuit, it may be very hard for them to get into that LLC and take your property. And that's generally not the purpose of the LLC is to protect the property from you, it's to protect you from the property. So my legal tip today is, folks, keep in mind what your goal is with that property or business when you use an llc make sure you go in with your eyes wide open if you've got properties with a lot of equity we may implement a charging order protection llc from another state or we may implement a limited partnership and limited partnerships in most states have far better charging order protection but they may not be good for tax reasons so this again is why you don't want to run out to legal zoom maybe tomorrow and set up your any get a consult with an attorney that knows what they're doing and can design it for you. Well, thanks for listening to the Refresh Your Wealth. We're going to be right back after this break with horrors from the courtroom, How to Avoid a Lawsuit.
2: Welcome back to the Refresh Your Wealth show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Today we're going to be talking about horror stories from the courtroom and how to avoid a lawsuit. Uh, before we get into that topic though, we want to hit our questions of the week. And first we want to go over last week's question. Now last week's question was what is the annual gift tax exclusion, which means how much money can I give someone else? without having to pay gift taxes or or file a gift tax return and use some of my gift tax exclusion. Now we had an answer on that mark and the answer was from William Placus, who wrote in with the correct amount of $14,000. So 14,000 is the dollar amount you could give me if you wanted to and you wouldn't even have to pay any gift tax or file a gift tax return, it's just really easy. I get your $14,000 no gift tax sounds like a good deal to me.
0: Yeah, no income to you uh, as well. You don't have to claim it as income. It's just a nice deal. I I don't know if I'll take you up on that math, but that's a great <laughs> example of how it could work hypothetically. Of course, hypothetically.
2: hypothetically, just you know,
0: one of one of many ways. Just you saying, could, you know, just you know, yeah, give just me an idea. just spitballing here. Yeah, yeah, just throwing it out there. Now I will. Now this is I want to compliment William for uh, responding via his iPhone. So he was listening to our show via podcast, quickly jumped over to his email, sent us a quick email with the answer. He wins a copy of either mine or Matt's book. He will be able to choose which book he would like, which is a $20 value after shipping. And uh, that's a, a $1,000 or more value of good tax and legal planning and savings or more. That could change his life. I mean, this literally, just him answering that question, Matt, could change his life in perpetuity. Who knows? I mean, it just could be unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. You do so know. Congratulations. And I just wanna,
2: yeah, and I just want to let you guys know we cover the shipping too. I mean, Mark said twenty dollars, you know, but I just want to make sure this isn't one of those, you know, shipping and handling charges of you know
0: thirty bucks you <laughs> get down. We're just gonna mail you the yeah. book,
2: all right, and cover the shipping. I just, yeah. know, just want to make that clear here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got uh, really almost. Uh, four books to choose from between my, Matt and myself. We have just been bu- busy little beavers riding over the last six, seven years, and we've got some great resources for you. So you can check out those books as well as our eBooks at refreshyourwealth.com. Uh, go check that out to learn a little bit more about us. And this week's question, we're going to throw down this week's question, and then the first to respond via email receives a copy of our books free of charge, no catches. We're not going to throw any Ginsu knives in or anything special, but you will get the book.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and for any of you who want the consolation prize, the automatic consolation prize, you can get our free eBooks that are always free at RefreshYourWealth.com. So go sign up for those. You get our newsletter, too. Um, Those are the resources free for everyone. But for the winners, you get the real deal full volume books.
0: Yeah, I like it. Okay, now, Matt, can I throw down the question for this week? Yeah, let's fire it off. Uh, Let's do it. Okay, folks, so get by your phones, get by your computers. The first one to respond wins a, a copy of our book. And here's the question this week. Do I get a tax deduction for putting money into my child's 529 college savings plan or even a Coverdale college IRA plan? Do I get a tax deduction for helping to fund my child's college savings account? That's the question. It's simple, true or false, just yes or no. That's all. That's all you gotta do. How hard is it? Just take a wild guess, yes or no. Do you get a deduction (laughs) or not? Now, of course, if you're wrong, you do not win the book. It's the first correct answer. So, yeah, uh, federal income tax deduction. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I, you know, this, I. Yeah. I was just, I was
2: just just gonna say. Now, you guys gotta know, Mark Kohler has three kids in college right now. You know, so. He 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 knows this, you know, from the school of hard knocks. Not just you know being a CPA and all, you know all that stuff, a tax lawyer. You know he's, he's had to live this, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's weird I'm... too because I I'm like I got a kid. I mean she's taken the ACT in like a month. I've had to, we get college stuff in the mail all the time. I mean, man, all these these plans to save for college and pay for college. This is a this is a rude awakening for me. And uh, but this is really important. These are good ways to save have some tax advantages to them, we just want to know, is there a tax deduction or
0: not? Yeah, no, very true. And so this is a, something that we'll bring up on next week's show. We'll talk about, a little bit maybe about saving for kids' college education, some unique strategies. So again, another reason for you to put this on your calendar every week to listen to the show. Please respond to this week's question via email to mark, M-A-R-K, at com or matt, M-A-T, at com. Uh, and there's also an admin button that you can send an email to us at RefreshyourWealth.com. So sending your response. Now on to the topic this week of horror stories from the courtroom and how to avoid a lawsuit. Uh, I just had a little story I wanted to share right off the bat that I was actually talking about this week. I was writing an article for my blog. Uh, hopefully some of you have got a chance to check out the blog this week. It's free in the newsletter. So again, another reason to sign up for regular mailings. Uh, But I brought up a case where I had a client open a massage therapy school Uh, they were had big dreams and big hopes and uh, Lots of investment and he was the solo owner opened up the shop and he had a manager and this manager uh, He had struck a deal to have her run the show at the store uh, Or I should say the school I apologize and she was gonna get a piece of the profits if things went well, uh, kind of as a bonus, and then she got a monthly stipend uh, for running the this operation. It was, uh, you know, fairly understandable. It makes sense, right? Well, of course, two to three months in, they weren't making as much money as they'd hoped, so her checks were a little few and far between, but she was hoping for this profit percentage that was going to happen. Well, of course, what happened is the lawsuit that came and the horror story in the courtroom when she when she claimed she was a partner a part owner. And he said, you were never a part owner. She goes, well, that's what I felt like I was. I I was only getting paid if we made money. And then you were going to promise me a share of the profits. I considered myself a partner. And it became a, he said, she said in the courtroom, and it was a mess. And the business ultimately failed. And when you're in the courtroom arguing about, no, I told you this over a, you know, it's grand slam at Denny's and, oh, we had this napkin agreement here and this email here. It was a disaster and it was uh, really sad the business failed completely both of them walked away licking their wounds and uh, What could have been you know, and it's really sad that that business failed because of poor planning on the front end And it was just a a horror story. There you go I don't know if that was scary enough for Halloween, but it was really a a, a brutal situation in their lives so
2: yeah, that's um, You know that's sad and I think a lot of those are, are businesses that would otherwise have been successful or could have made it through that tricky startup period and a lawsuit ends up, you know, ripping the business apart and, and wasting a lot of money. So um, now when we come back from the break here, what we're going to do is we're going to bring in Lee Chen. He's an attorney from our office, handles most of the litigation that our office does. He's been in the courtroom far more times than Mark and I have, actually representing clients. <laughs> um, not, you know, not defending himself for his criminal <laughs> activities, but, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, and we're also going to give some tips. I have five tips here on things to do to avoid going into the courtroom in your business or in your investments. So we want to keep you out of the courtroom. We're going to give you some horror stories so you're really freaked out and don't want to get there, but then try and educate you on how to actually stay out of the courtroom. So we'll be back after the break here on the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Refresh Your Wealth with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Excited to be here with you on this just beautiful, crisp October evening, celebrating October 15th. Everyone out there should have their tax returns filed by tonight uh, at midnight. And just, uh we're all going to just wake up and feel refreshed tomorrow as part of the refresh your wealth show. see we're trying to just bring it all together a little pun there on words. So I hope you're all refreshed now that your tax returns are filed and we are now going to hear from our amazing guest. We're excited to have him here with us. He's uh, been on the show uh, several times in the past. That is Lee Chen, uh, an associate attorney here at KKOS lawyers running the California office. And the reason why we brought out Lee today, he is a litigator. He's a fighter. And, uh, I I myself will run into his office with these horror stories myself and Lee what do I do and if I I have to go home and watch law and order or Boston legal but if not I can run into the office and I get the pleasure of talking with Lee so uh, my courtroom experience is limited to uh, those TV shows and uh, you know trying to stay out of trouble uh, myself so (laughs) I am grateful to have a guy like Lee Chan around so Lee welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Mark and Matt. It's great to be on the show again. Uh, We're glad to have you. Now, we're going to be sharing, uh, we want to hear from you, Lee, as well as Matt, I know, has got some tips here ready to roll on some examples and some tips of ways to stay out of the courtroom. So, Lee, let's throw it right at you. I mean, when when you're thinking of guiding someone and trying to keep them out of harm's way when a potential lawsuit could be brewing, what's that first thing, you know, maybe top on your list or something you want to share with us? Give us a tip.
1: Well, the most important thing if you get into court is evidence. And I can't under, I can't uh, state that more enough because um, really that is what's going to win or lose your case is what evidence do you have? What do you have in writing? What, you know, what can you prove? And so, you know, before you get into court, whenever you're doing any sort of business transaction or ever, anything, we want things in writing. We want good contracts and written communication.
2: Ooh, I like that. You know, this is, I I think we're going to have a lot of uh, lawyer movie quotes going on here because they're just like flowing out of my mind right now. I'm thinking of (laughs) a few good men, Tom Cruise, looking at that, you know, that that Marine saying, it doesn't matter what's true. It only matters what I can prove, you know? Ooh,
0: yeah. And we've got another, I like it, another Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire, uh, help me help you. Help me help you uh and and so you know everybody expects the lawyer to pull a rabbit out of their hat but you got to have some info there a lead you have an example of when this would just hit the fan for you when you were trying to help a client
1: well when you i mean when you're in a a transaction you want to make sure that you have a good written contract that is very specific as to what each person is going to do um, you know, if you're in a lease agreement, what is your landlord going to do? What's your tenant going to do? If you're, uh, in a contractor agreement, you know, building a house, what is your contractor going to do? What specific materials are, are they going to provide? We want to be as specific as possible.
2: Yeah, love it. And that, that's actually number three on my list here. I wrote down a list and that's actually three, which is use contracts that actually define what you agreed to. And that's one of the big problems of what gets people in a lawsuit is they may have a contract, whether this is a business contracting for services or someone making an investment or whatever it may be, they actually have a contract. It just doesn't say what they actually agreed to. Um, and so there was no really meeting of the minds between these parties. And so someone goes into court thinking, well, I should have got this, this, and this. And well, it's not actually in the contract. And that's the evidence Lee's talking about. You have to have this evidence on your side. So um, Uh, have actual agreements that define what you actually agreed to.
0: Yeah, and it's important to note that emails are now uh, submitted as evidence on a regular basis, and they do provide a written record to some degree of what's going on. But then it gets into the timeline, and did this email supersede that email? Uh, They're helpful, but they're not great, and do not rely on an email as a contract. Uh, Very, very important. Now, Lee, what do you got as number two? What's that next oh, I, I wanna
1: Yeah, I just wanted to echo that sentiment, because a lot of people have come, come to me and said, well, you know, I heard that you don't need to have something in writing, that if you have it in an email, that that is fine. And I tell them, no, you want something that's signed by all the parties so that, um, you know, uh, that's the formal evidence of what people are supposed to do. Now, when something happens after the contract, then the emails get important when you're uh, performing the contract you know if someone's not doing something correctly you want to make sure you immediately send off that email say no this is the way, the way I expect it there mm-hmm. that's why you have that paper trail
0: well and let me ex- share another horror story and this is right on that point is because you may have the terms of the agreement in an email but do you have that provision that the uh, party that loses the lawsuit must pay the legal fees of the prevailing party and that's a provision that can be in a contract. But if you don't have that provision in a contract, the horror story I've seen before is clients that go to court and they actually win, but their legal fees were so high, they're they're back where they started. Yeah, they won. Woohoo. But they walk out of the courtroom deflated because they didn't get their legal fees paid because they didn't have a contract that provided for it.
1: And that's right, Mark. That's the first question when a person comes into my office and says, "I want to sue on a contract." That's the first question I ask them: Do you have an attorney's fees clause?
2: And that's why. All right, Lee. What's your? Uh, let's keep these flowing. Let's just keep firing them away. What's your next tip you got? And you let me know when you're well, done because I got a. I got my list here, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're the guest. Well, when you when you me. are doing these contracts,
1: okay, you need to think about the what ifs. And what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong, and you either uh, put a provision that covers it, or you shift that responsibility to the other side. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people, when they're negotiating, they just negotiate the good parts and they don't think about the bad parts. Really <laughs> The contract is to if what happens if the bad stuff happens, and that's mm-hmm. really something that sh- people should think about when they are um, preparing these contracts is what bad could happen?
2: Okay, I'm going to make one other point on contracts. Then we're going to we're going to jump over to some other topics. But on the contract side, um, one thing I think that's really helpful is once you get an established business, you get established procedures. You need to have a good standardized contract and procedures in your business that carry those out. Now, this could be whether it's a you have rental properties and it's a standard lease you use over and over and over again. You got a standard application you use. You got a standard form for certain things that happen. You want to get a standardized set of documents. Maybe you're a service business and you have a standard service agreement. Maybe, you know, what, whatever agreement you are, try and get a standardized contract for the specific service you have or, you know, you know re- if it's rental properties. And the reason that's important is because you need to know and have confidence how's the typical way I do something? And I always, and this is the way I do it, and so here's my contract." And you use that with the people you do business with. It's much easier to operate that way. You know the common terms you have there. Your employees, your team, whoever's involved knows typically how you do things. It's easier to stay in compliance with those agreements. And also, it's a good opportunity to really have a lawyer involved. That's very cost effective on those standard contracts to have a lawyer involved, spend the money. Get those standardized contracts really dialed in to really protect you and your interests because I think a lot of clients say, well, I can't have a lawyer review everything, and and I get that, and, and, and maybe you're going to go on your own on certain items, but for your typical standardized contracts that you're going to use over and over again, have an attorney involved, get that contract really dialed in so it's protecting you. You have a lot more comfort as you're operating your business when you have something standardized like that.
1: Yeah, normally when uh, somebody comes in and says, I need a contract for this, I will go and tell them, you need to look out for this, you need to look out for that, you need to look out for that. Once they know kind of where those traps are, they can use that knowledge and go and negotiate that same contract, you know, a hundred times and be able to know how to protect themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. Now, let me share, if I could, another horror story from the courtroom. And uh, this is one that Lee has coached me on. And I've seen play out with clients of mine here in the office that have a litigation issue and they walk across the hall and work with Lee is the, uh, the timing of deadlines. And here's what happens. And I want to tell everybody out there here how important this is. If you've got a potential lawsuit that you haven't filed yet, there's this term called statute of limitations. You've got to worry about deadlines. And then once you start a lawsuit, there's deadlines to file this paperwork, that paperwork. Deadlines to make a motion, deadlines to do this. And what happens, I've seen Lee just pulling his hair out over there, is he's letting a client know, hey, we got this deadline coming up. And the client doesn't take it serious. And and they don't produce the documents. And they don't pull get, get everything that Lee needs to do a good job, and you miss a deadline. And if you miss a deadline in court, it's that's the end. I mean, you're game over. And the horror stories I've seen in court is where clients really did have a good case, and they should win. And they should have won but then they blow it they miss the deadline they don't get lee the paperwork he needs and lee's over there just throwing things around his desk so upset because he knew it was a slam dunk but uh you've got to take this serious when you meet with your lawyer ask him what do you need what's the deadline and don't drag your attorney along it drives up your costs and you could generally lose the case. So uh, stay with us folks here. We're gonna come right back with Lee Chen, our expert litigator, Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler here on the Refresh Your Well Show. Don't go anywhere.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. We've got Lee Chen, an attorney in the Irvine, California, office of KQS Lawyers, a mighty fine law firm, if I do say so myself. And uh, Lee's a litigator. He's in the courtroom. Lee, you got one other uh, a story you wanted to share with us?
1: I just kind of want to give you an example of how all of this fits together. We've been talking about having good contracts and, and creating evidence. You know, when someone comes in and they want to say, uh, you know, I'm probably going to have to litigate. You know, the first thing I'm going to ask for is give me all your ammo. What evidence do you have? You know, and so I have one case right now where um, uh, he fixes properties. He hired somebody, paid him $40,000. The guy ran off with the money and uh, he had a written contract. It had an attorney's fees clause. The guy is, you know, trying to weasel out by saying, "Well, you know, you told me I didn't need to do this, and you didn't, i didn't need to do that." And he has emails telling him that no, this is the way I wanted it done. Um, he's got witnesses that were there that says, "Hey, you know, this is how it happened." He's got text message. He's got all of this evidence that he's giving to me um, uh, against this person. And really, uh, you know, my position right now with 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 this person is. If you take this to court, you're out of your mind. You're going to lose, you're going to pay our attorney's fees, and it's just going to be a waste of money. That's how you stay out of court, by having good agreements, by having good evidence so that if that ever happens, you give all that information to me and let me run with it.
0: Well, I love it, Lee. Great comments and great story. I I think uh, it really is preparing for almost a game, a sporting event. And if you don't have your ducks in a row, it can... Uh, just be so disastrous, and I I, I, uh, I just want to say, um, I'm sure I'm going to summarize a f- couple other points later here, but I want to say thanks to Lee, Lee Chen, a regular contributor to the show. Thanks for coming out, Lee, and all you do. It's so hard to be a litigator and not take it emotionally when you're talking with clients and dealing with their problems and uh, becoming part of the case, so we know you do a great job. Lee, thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome, Mark, anytime.
0: All right. Hi. Okay, well, thanks, Lee.
2: Um, well, I wanted to give one other kind of big tip here. I think it's a big tip. It's number one and two on my list. I'm going to combine it into one for the sake of time here. But <laughs> the the other tip I want to say about how to stay out of court, and I've had clients fall into these traps before. The first one is, um, do not sign personal guarantees. So if you're out there doing business. You're typically going to have a business entity, whether it's an LLC or an S corporation, operate in that business name. If you're going to lease a storefront or an office or something like that, put the lease in the business's name. Don't put it in your personal name. If the landlord tries to get you to sign a personal guarantee, do everything you can to avoid having to sign a personal guarantee. You're just adding personal liability in if there's something that goes wrong in the business. So I've had clients, you know, that have a startup business, a storefront or something fails. They sign the personal guarantee. They're able to walk away from a lot of things, but they're stuck on a huge lease. It's usually a big expense. And and so that's a problem. The second point that's somewhat related is operate in the business name. I had another client who had a S corporation, a small business owner providing services. But if you did business with them, you never knew that he had an S-Corporation. He, he it, When you emailed him, it was his name at gmail.com. When you called him, it was just his personal cell phone. There was not even a greeting that had to do with the business. Mm-hmm. He kind of worked by word of mouth and did some very basic advertising. Um, and you had no idea that he was a corporation, even though he did have an agreement um, for services that was in the corporation's name. So he got into a lawsuit situation A customer sued his business and him personally, and it was very hard to get him out of the lawsuit personally and say that he was operating in the business because there was so much connection with him personally and him using his personal name on everything versus the business name. So if you have a business, operate in the business name. Do all the things in the business name. You're just an employee there. It's not you. It's your corporation or your LLC that's out doing business.
0: I love it. Man, we could just keep going here for hours on end, uh, helping give these little guiding tips, uh, company maintenance, doing your minutes every year, a great time of year coming up with holidays is to have your corporate meeting. Uh, that's, uh, something you'll see on our newsletter quite a bit. So I want to give this last summary point here on this recommendation. Then we want to get to our five-star review this week, give away another copy of our book to someone that gives us some love on our uh, iTunes account, but, uh, is stay, uh, on top of your legal planning and procedures. This is why we produce a newsletter every week and a blog and a radio show. It's free, it's there for you to take advantage of. We hope that we can be there for when things get a little more complex and help with your personal planning. And I hope many of you out there are subscribing to two or three different tax and legal newsletters so that you can be equipped with what you need to be doing. So uh, I applaud all those listening now because you're obviously taking personal responsibility for this. So uh, Matt, we've got a five star review this week. Uh, someone that uh, gave us a little love on iTunes. What do you got?
2: Yeah, we love the five star reviews on iTunes. Um, it's the only one we accept. <laughs> go, ahead, go to iTunes and give us one. <laughs> uh, we had a recent one from r Two, five star review saying great information. I've really enjoyed the knowledge and information I've learned from the from the show. I find it especially useful for running my real estate business. So. Um, thank you for that review. Arda, if, uh, we don't have your contact info, your handle's a little hard to figure out on iTunes. So, um, email Mark or I, and we can get you a free copy of one of our books and all the rest of you listening out there. If you're listening to us on iTunes, we get so many listens on iTunes. Please give us a five-star review. Um, it really helps us. It helps us get exposure to other people, um, who can listen to the show by building up the five-star reviews. And thanks to all those who have given us reviews already.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, and it helps you out, too, because when you tell someone, oh, I listened to that Refresh Your Wealth podcast, and they go, really? I'll go check it out, and they go there, and there's only 70 or 80 five-star reviews. Or they think of you, and like, what the heck are you doing? You should be listening to a hundred five-star review show. So help us get over the hump. We want to get over a hundred. I hope that you've enjoyed this series of the uh, Halloween topics, horror stories from the courtroom. And uh, we hope that we've shared something today that will help you better live your American dream, stay out of problems. And uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please continue to share uh, the show with others around the country. And I want to say thank you to my amazing co-host and partner, Matt Sorensen, who does such a great job every week. Folks, we'll see you next Thursday for another episode of Refresh Your Wealth. Keep living the dream.
1: to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream.
0: Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at RefreshYourWealth.com.